Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go ahead and grab a seat. Hallelujah. I'm going to start off with a little story here. It has nothing to do with what I'm going to preach about, but just I thought I'd share a story. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's a, it's a story of a man that was sizing up God by asking him a question. And he asked him, God, how long is a million years to you? And God answers, a million years is like a second to me. The man smiled and said, God, uh, how much is a million dollars to you? And God answers, a million dollars is like a penny to me. The man smiled and says, God, can you spare a penny? And God smiles back and says, just give me a second. (laughs) Amen. If you got that, praise the Lord. If you did it, I'll help you afterwards. Amen. But praise the Lord, amen. I, I'm glad that you guys are here today, amen. I, I'm glad to hear that, you know, people spending time with family, those that have gone out of town, amen. So uh, I, just, I just hope that you had a, a joyful Thanksgiving. If you're a Dallas fan, once again, I'm sorry, amen, but praise the Lord. But hopefully you had a great time and it was a great game, amen. But hopefully that you were uh, thankful. How many here in this place are thankful? You know, despite of what we go through in, in our world, amen, there must be a thankful spirit within us, amen, and, and so we must, say I must, we must remain thankful, despite, God is still good, if you're going through some seasons, God's still good, amen, if you're going through a hard time, it doesn't change his goodness, God is still good, can somebody say amen, and my wife and I just want to say thank you, thank this, this group of people, those that are coming in, amen, new old, how long, amen, we want to just say thank you, every single one of you, amen, thank you for trusting, thank you for believing, thank you for fighting through, come on somebody, thank you for serving and remaining faithful, and so I just want to say thank you for every single person here, those online, amen, I want to say thank you for your faithfulness of coming to our church and listening to our services here, amen, thank you guys, through a rough year, I'm thankful for that, that you guys are still here. Come on, look to somebody and say, I'm still here. <laughs> Come on. Some, some of us may not feel like we're here, but, but we're, we're here, guys. If you're here, amen, physically, God, we're still, we're still standing. We're still making it. Come on, we are entering, listen, a new season of joy and the spirit of giving. It's truly a season about Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. God is good. And all the time, God is a good God all the time. But Jesus truly is the reason for the season. And I'm going to be starting a new series that will, uh, series that will carry through the month of December. Amen. From the preparation of Jesus and end with the birth of Christ. Amen. Our Savior on Christmas Day or our Christmas service on December 19th. On December 19th, we also have our, our children's one 
uh, uh, ministry, a Christmas program that they're going to be doing, amen. So your kids are going to be here, amen, doing something. They're putting a, 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 a little Christmas uh, program together. So we want you to mark down the 19th is our Christmas service, amen. We want you to start inviting people, family, friends, and enemies. Hallelujah. Why don't we just get them saved, amen, enter a new year, amen, with our enemies, amen, praise the Lord. But invite people to our Christmas service, amen, praise the Lord. And to, the title of our series is Simply Jesus, Simply Jesus. Of all the Gospels, the book of Luke gives an accurate account of the birth and life of Christ. Luke presents Christ as the perfect human and Savior. You got to understand, church, that every birth is a miracle, and every child is a gift from God. Can mama say amen? Come on. But over 20 centuries ago, the miracles of miracles took place. A baby was born. It was the Son of God. It was simply who? Simply? So let's look at this, amen. Let's look at the preparation this morning of Jesus. You see, all the Gospels, if you read all the Gospels, it talks or tells us about his birth. But in the book of Luke, we see more detail of it. Luke is an author of the book, amen, but he's also a doctor. In uh, Colossians chapter 4, 14, it says, Our dear friend, Luke, the doctor, amen. So Luke explains Jesus' birth as though he was the attending physician. Amen. So he provides the most details of this awesome event of a divine father and a human mother, Mary. We see God sending his son, amen, leaving heaven, leaving heaven, amen, entering history. We see God coming to earth in the flesh. Luke affirms Jesus' the, the divinity, affirms his divine nature as God, amen, but he also puts focus attention on Jesus' humanity. So not only does Luke affirm his divinity, but also his humanity. That, so Jesus is the Son of God, but he's also the Son of Man. Luke, as a doctor, was also a man of science. He was a Greek, and he was a man of detail. Now, now you got to catch this, all right? He was a man of very deep detail. So it's not surprising that Luke begins with chapter 1 uh, with detail about his extensive research, explaining that he is reporting the facts in nothing but the facts. Amen? Luke chapter 1, 1 through 4 says this. Many people have sent out to write accounts about the event that have been fulfilled among us. They use eyewitness reports circling among uh, uh, from the, us from the early disciples. And it goes on to say, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I decided to write a careful account for you. A very careful, very detailed account for you so that you can be certain of the truth of everything that you're taught. See, Luke was also a close friend and traveling companion of Paul. So he had interviewed the other disciples. He had direct access to the accounts of history or his story. Are you getting it? His story. So, if, so Luke, as an eyewitness to the birth, amen, being part of the growth of the early church, amen, his gospel 
to be reliable was reliable on historical facts. Amen. His story is his story. Amen. So you understand here that there was a lot of interest in Jesus back in the day. Amen. So many people had first-hand accounts about him. So Luke may have used these accounts, these other reliable resources as material, amen, for an accurate and complete account of Jesus' life. I'm laying down a foundation here, guys. We have to understand the season that we're entering in, to grab a whole understanding of what Christ in this season that God has provided for us, amen, a way out, amen. And through Luke's eyes, amen, we get the accurate account. There, there's no questions here. There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no doubting here. These are facts, church. These are facts that are being presented. These are facts, amen, that he's researching very detail about. The truth is very important to Luke. He relied on heavy eyewitness accounts. Listen, church. Christianity doesn't say, close your eyes and believe. But go and check it out for yourself. The Bible encourages us to investigate thoroughly. In Acts chapter 17, 11 through 12, it says this, that, but the people of Berea were open-minded than those in Thessalonia, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. It says here that they searched the scripture day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed. John chapter 146 says this, Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? And, and Philip replied, come and see for yourself. We're not telling you to close your eyes and simply believe. We're calling you, and the Bible encourages us that you research the gospel. Research it. Check it out for yourself. Tell your neighbor, check it out. Come on, don't. That's why I said, don't, don't just believe me because I say it. Don't just believe it because Pastor Art is saying. No, don't, don't use that out there. He goes, why, why do you believe? Well, Pastor Art says it. So it must be true. You got to check it out for yourself. I research and I check it out, amen, and I preach you the truth. I don't preach you fairy tales. I don't preach you this, amen. I preach you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Can somebody say thank you? <laughs> See, as a medical doctor, Luke knew the importance of being thorough. So he used his skills thoroughly to investigate the stories about Jesus. And the conclusion of his investigation is this, that the good news of Jesus is true. I said the good news of Jesus is true, church. Come on, we're not just sitting here, amen, hoping, uh, crossing our fingers, amen, that we're going to make it to heaven. No, we know for a fact that he came, he died for us, amen, and his blood wipes away all my sins. Hallelujah. Ain't you glad about that? Do we, ha do we have any believers in this place? Somebody say Jesus. See, you can read Luke's account of Jesus' life with confidence. So when you read the book of Luke, you can say, man, this guy researched it. This guy did the work for me. Uh, this thing is true. Uh, come on, he investigated, amen. So you got to understand it was written by a clear thinker and a thorough researcher. Because the good news is founded on historical 
facts, truth, church. The season is simply Jesus. Listen, our spiritual growth and maturity, or how we can declare God, must involve careful, disciplined, and thorough investigation of God's word so that we can understand and know God. That you can understand and know God. See, that's why you got to read the world. The, the word, the world. I don't want to start rapping right now. Amen. You got to read the word, amen, that you can understand and you can know God. See, not only do we come to listen to God's word, not only do we read his word, but you must investigate it. You got to research his word. If we are going to grow and declare church, the Bible was not just given to increase our knowledge, but also, listen, to change our lives. In the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 5, Luke starts off with the birth of John. And it starts off by mentioning a Jewish priest named Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. Him and his wife were righteous in God's eyes, and they followed all. Somebody say all. All of the Lord's commands, meaning that they just didn't go through the motions. Come on, they just didn't come to church. Whatever was done outward is because of what was inside them. Their obedience came from the heart, church. Listen, maturity comes through obedience. See, a Jewish priest was a minister of God who worked in the temple, keeping it clean, teaching people the word of God and directing the, the worship service. So in Luke chapter 1, 7, it says that they had no children. Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old as well. So let's pick up the story there in Luke chapter 1, verses 8 through 25. So I'm going to read a lot of scriptures here, okay, guys? So bear with me, amen. Tell your neighbor, wake up. <laughs> it says this, One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary the Lord of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing in the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid. Somebody say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. For your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will, have, you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or any other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the father to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept, God's, uh, the, accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, how can, how can I be sure of this will happen? I'm an old man now. and My wife is well up in age as well. And the angel said, and the angel said I am Gabriel. And I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you did not believe what I said, you will be silent 
and be unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will be certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people are waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why it was, he, was, he was taking so long. And when he finally came out, he didn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must see a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterwards, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant, and he went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she acclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Amen. How many know that God answers prayers? Come on, somebody. Anybody here an answer prayer? Come on, anybody here an answer prayer? Come on. I don't know about you. I'm an answer prayer as I stand here. Come on, anybody here been delivered? Set free. Come on. Is there anybody here someone that was praying for you? Come on, hallelujah. Come on, someone talk to me. Is anyone here? God answers prayers, but he answers them in his own way, listen, church, and in his own timing. See, God works the impossible. He works through impossible situations. And through Elizabeth's barrenness and age to bring forth the fulfillment of prophecy concerning the Messiah. Church, if you want to have your prayers answered, you must say, I must you got to be open to what God can do in impossible situations. You must be willing to wait. Somebody say wait. You have to be willing to wait for God to work in his way and in his timing. Tell your neighbor, don't rush his hand. It comes in time, church. And we need to seek God and we need to trust God. But it has to be in his timing, in the way he works at church. Now, the incense that was burned in the temple was uh, done twice daily. So when the people saw the smoke burning from the incense, people started to pray. The smoke was drifting heavenward, symbolizing, amen, that their prayers were ascending to God's throne. Now, the scriptures mention that the angel named Gabriel, the angels are spirit beings who, are, who live in God's presence, to do his will. Amen. Angels act as God's messengers. I want you to grab a hold of that. Here the angel Gabriel delivers a special message to Zechariah. And this is not a, a dream. This is not a vision. The angel appears in visible form and he spoke with an audible voice. So Zechariah is here burning incense and most likely praying for the coming Messiah. But the angel of the Lord comes and appears and he tells him, God has heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer. Tell somebody, God has heard your prayer. And he tells him, God is not going to only answer the nation's prayer. God is not going to answer the prayer of the Messiah, but he's going to also answer the greatest heart's desire, and he's going to give you a son. And he says, your son, Zechariah, will grow up and prepare the way for the Messiah, and you are to name him John. Now, John means the Lord is gracious. Jesus means the Lord saves. Understand that both names were given to God, not by, by their chosen parents. Throughout the gospel, listen, God acts graciously, and he saves his people. 
John was chosen by God. He was set apart for special service to God. And the angel tells Zechariah, he will be great. He will bring joy and gladness to the people. But he must not drink any wine or any alcoholic drink. This was an ancient vow to consecrate themselves to the Lord, to, to be holy. So in verse seven, uh, 15 is the first time that Luke mentions or ever mentions the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Actually, Luke refers to the Holy Spirit more than any other gospel writer. Because in the book of Acts, it shows that he was thoroughly informed about the work of the Holy Spirit. Luke recognized the Holy Spirit's work in the, in the, in the guiding of the early church, amen. And the Holy Spirit was a gift to the church at Pentecost. Prior to that, the Holy Spirit was only given to faithful people for special tasks. Meaning the Holy Spirit has always been here, church. It's always existed. Listen, church. We need, say I need, we need the Holy Spirit's help to do God's work effectively. Apart from him, we can't do nothing. I can't do nothing. The church cannot do nothing, amen. We need the Holy Spirit. See, John's role was the most, uh, most identical to the prophet of the Old Testament, amen. John was to encourage people to turn from their sins and turn back to God. John was more often compared to the great prophet Elijah. In Matthew chapter 17, 10 through 13, it says this, Then the disciples asked him, Why do the teachers of the religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus replied, Elijah indeed is coming first to greet you or to, to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, but he was not recognized. They have chosen to abuse him in the same way you will make the Son of Man suffer. And the disciples realized that he was talking about John the Baptist. See, John came to prepare a way, yet people didn't even recognize him. In Luke chapter 117, it says that he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah, and he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Even when the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, tells Zechariah, you're going to have a son. God has heard your prayer. Zechariah doubted. He, he, see, Dr. Ryle is, is thinking from a human perspective. His, his doubts were understandable, church. Really? Hello, do you see me? I'm very old. And have you seen my wife? She's old too. <laughs> There's just no way this is going to happen, amen. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up in my 90s, amen. I, I mean, there's no way. I mean, there's no way that what you're saying can happen. And so he's really understanding. He said, how is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? It's like us saying, come on, church, when we got saved, come on. Really? You're going to put my marriage together? Hello? Come on, somebody. Really? You're going to fix my, you're going to put my broken life together? Come on now. Come on. Really? You're going to turn my life around, God? Really? Come on. Somebody say hello. Come on. Didn't you have some doubts too? Come on, you get saved, amen, and, and God says, you know, or, or uses a man of God or a woman of God to speak over life over you, speak a word over you, and you kind of just listen to him like, a, uh, really? 
Come on, you can be standing there, and you and your wife are going through hell, amen, and you're going through some stuff, and you're standing there, and they call you up and hold your wife's hand. You don't even want to hold it. You grab it just to, to be, you know, to be uh, courteous and to, to show honor, and all of a sudden they're speaking all this stuff in the back of your mind. Now, really? Uh, yeah, I guess he wasn't at my house this morning. Here's Zachariah, same thing. He's old. He knows he's old. He's thinking, man, I... Things, things are not happening. I'm too old, amen. Uh, the pills weren't invented yet. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to happen. My wife's way up there. She's depressed. She's going through stuff, amen. There is no way this is going to happen. Listen, church, with God, all things, someone say all things, all things, anything is possible with God, church. Come on, come on, who, come on, whoever thought that God would use an alcoholic, drug addict, a man full of himself to preach the gospel, amen, to be a pastor of his church, amen, and he chose me. When he spoke it, I'm like, really? No way. My wife started saying, no, I just want to say man. You know, we, with God, all things are possible, church. You never know what God can do in your life if you just simply obeyed. Look around, church. Look around. Look around. Look. You're the impossible. <laughs> You're the impossible. Come on, who ever thought that you'd be sitting in church in a sober mind, amen, in right thinking, amen, praising God, amen, where you were lost before, amen. Come on, who ever thought all things are possible with God? Come on. You are the impossible of God. Don't that make you feel good? Man. God did the impossible in my life and made it possible. God turned my life around, fixed a broken marriage and put it together. And everything that he said he was going to do, he did it, church. He's a man of his word. Right? What God promises, church, listen, he delivers. And God delivers not too late, not too early, but right on time. Come on, right when you were about to just give up, amen, boom, he shows up. Right, 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 when you thought, man, there's no way, no way possible. Come on, it's due today. It has to happen today. In the last second, boom, he shows up. Remember one time, amen, I probably shared this before, amen, we, were, we didn't have the rent, and I was a man so still full of pride as a pastor, and I didn't want to call my pastor for money. <laughs> I didn't want to call and say, hey, Pastor, we're short money. I haven't had, I haven't had a call back to the mother church for, for a number of years. Now, after being established, I'm going to have to call and say, we need some money. I didn't want to do that. So I trusted God. I said, okay, God, the rent's due tomorrow. You've got to do something. There was a, an exact money that we we're short of. To the T, I need this much money to pay the rent. Otherwise, I have to make the call. And I didn't want to make the call. So I prayed. I said, God, you're going to show up. And I thought, you know, I'm going to have to call her, call the church, call my pastor and say, hey, this is what's happened. 
Of course, that would have been taken care of. So I go to the mailbox, open it up, and there's mail, and there's a, there's a letter from someone from the Huntington Park Church where I came from. person I don't even really know quite a bit. It was the mayor of Huntington Park, Jessica Mays. She sends me a letter with a check in there with the exact amount of money that I needed for rent. God is good. <laughs> it's never too late, never too early, but he's always what? Right on time. You got to trust God. Come on, you can take whatever he says that he's spoken over you. You can take it to the bank. That he will keep his promises. Now, it, you got to wait. And it's in his timing. Certain things take a long time, church. Come on, we, we're... we're we're people that want it right here. We get a word spoken over us, and we're like, it better be here next week. <laughs> Come on, don't, don't, don't look at me like that. You know, you're like, hey, it's coming, it's coming. And you're going through seasons after seasons after season. And sometimes the enemy comes, in and he tries to take away that word that he spoke over you. But you got to keep on waiting. you got to keep on holding on because he will fulfill the promises that he's spoken, church. And it comes right on time. It comes at the right moment, church. You got to wait in that season. Tell your neighbor, wait. You got to wait in that season because it's coming. He'll, he'll fulfill it. My God is not a liar. He will fulfill what is spoken. You got to continue to wait. You can take it to the bank that it's going to be fulfilled. You got to speak it as if it's already there. Just speak it. It's done. It's going to be done. It's going to be accomplished. It's going to be fulfilled. Amen. It may not be fulfilled tomorrow. It might not be fulfilled the day after that. It, but it may not even be fulfilled for some time or when you're expecting it. But it will be fulfilled at the proper time, church. If you're waiting for God to answer a prayer or fulfill a need, please remain patient. Come on, we are impatient people. Come on, somebody. Hit somebody if they're impatient next to you. <laughs> Come on, we're impatient people. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't bail on your God. Amen. His answer it may just be around the corner. His answer may be coming right now. Amen. You got to hold on. You got to wait. Galatians 6, 9 says this, So let us not get tired of doing what is good or what is right. At the right time, we will reap a harvest, or we can make a declaration, amen. We will reap a harvest of blessing. Prayers are going to be answered, amen. Needs are going to be fulfilled if we don't give up, church. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. Tell your other neighbor, be patient. Maybe you just need to pray for that patience. God, help me to be patient. Help me learn to wait. No matter how big, how impossible that need is, church, or how impossible God's promises may seem, what he has said in his word will come true at the right time if we don't give up. You see, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out. 
and declaration, the declaration customary uh, blessing uh, that was upon them on the, on the text here, amen. Uh, the, the, they were waiting to come out. He was supposed to come out and, and make a declaration. Uh, it, was, it was customary for him to come out and bring blessing upon them. How many here are waiting for something? Just hold on. Be patient. Here he is. The Lord speaks to him. He says, I've heard your prayer. And not only am I going to do those other prayers that you're asking about, you know, blessing your church and blessing your pastor and doing all this other stuff, amen. Hopefully you're saying that to me, amen. Hallelujah. Bless my pastor, amen. Bless him, bless him, bless him and his wife, amen. Come on. Bless him that he don't age too, too ugly, amen. Hallelujah. I'll take any prayer, amen. Hallelujah. Any prayer, just, just shoot him my way, amen. But I hope you're praying that. And here he is. He's praying. And he says, not only am I going to answer those prayers, but I'm going to answer your heart's desires. Woo! You, you get that? Those things that you really long for, but you see, there's just no way. You ever have prayers that you pray that said, it's not going to happen? Anybody? Come on, those are prayers. You like you throw them out there, and you because you you we you're, you're taught that you're you're, you're this preach that you say you know I'm gonna throw it out there, but I you know it's it's gonna come right back down, empty. And we we do it by you know you have a little faith, but deep down inside we don't really believe it. But then the angel shows up. He says, "God heard your prayer." To bring a man of God to say that over you, to remind you sometimes. You've been reminded of a promise. Man, I, it was something that maybe 10 years ago they were spoken over. And now uh, this man of God comes to bring a promise. You know what? I haven't forgotten about you. It's still there. It's a reminder that his word is his word, church. And what he says he's going to do, he'll do. And so he says to Zechariah, you know what, I, I've heard those prayers, and, and I, I thank you for praying for the Messiah, but I'm going to give you your heart's desire. Remember that son? Oh, yeah, that's, I forgot about that, you know. It's not going to happen now. I'm too old. My wife's old. And you got to understand, church, What you pray and what God has spoken over you will be fulfilled if you wait. And so they're waiting for him to come out. They're waiting for the customary declaration of blessing over them. If you're waiting for something, church, just hold on. Keep trusting. Keep believing even in the season that we're in right now. Because God, I can tell you right now, is making declarations over you. He's speaking over his church. He spoke over this, our church this morning. And he brings encouragement to not give up, not to give in, not to lose hope, not to give up. He's telling us it's coming. God is about to release blessing upon you, about to strengthen you. About to help you through. And it's great that even though we go through a year of hardness in the year that we have gone through, not only in the church but in the world, he comes to the end of the year to remind us to be thankful.
and remember of a son that I sent to save you. And everything that I've spoken over you, son, everything I've spoken over you, daughter, will come to pass. Keep waiting. Keep trusting that I'm working it through, and it's in my timing. And it'll be perfect timing when it comes to you. Those, those, those things are not void at church. They're not thrown aside. He has not forgotten you. Some of you are here today, and you're saying, God's forgotten me. He hasn't heard my prayer. He hasn't answered my prayer. And God says, I haven't forgotten you. I see you. And I have it here. And I'll bring it. He's saying, wait. See, as I close today, Zechariah and Elizabeth were both godly people, yet they were suffering. You see, to the Jews, children cared for their parents in their old age. They added to the family's financial security. See, your children are supposed to take care of you as you get older. And to be considered a blessing when you had children. But being childless was a curse. Zechariah and Elizabeth have been childless for many years and now not being too old. And they thought, we'll never have any kids. So they felt the shame and they felt hopeless. But God was waiting, listen, for the right time to encourage them and take away their disgrace. Come on, somebody. See, God is waiting for the right time, listen, church, to bless you. Come on. God is got ready to lift up some heads in this place. God wants to remind you, I've heard your prayer. And I'm about to bless you. Next week, we're going to look at the angel that spoke the promise of Jesus to Mary. As we continue this series, Simply Jesus.